So Sham Sharania from The Athletic reported yesterday that um, the Warriors and Pelicans had some brief conversations about a possible Kelly Oubre trade, that the Pelicans were interested in possibly acquiring Oubre from the Warriors. And, and Shams also reported that the talks did not gain a whole lot of traction. And uh, look, I understand why Kelly Oubre hasn't been playing all that well. He's on an expiring contract, but I, I, I suppose it was enough traction for Shams to go ahead and report it. And then obviously things don't need much traction to get moving on Twitter. And so this is what made the rounds uh, yesterday on Warriors Twitter. Possible Kelly Oubre trades, all those things. I want to break down some of those things, what the Warriors could potentially look for uh, from New Orleans uh, for Kelly Oubre. But it makes sense. Let's start here. It makes sense why the Pelicans might want Oubre. Uh, despite Oubre not playing all that well, uh, he isn't athletic wing who uh, plays defense at a high level, a lot of energy. And regardless of what you think it is that the Pelicans are doing, they are prioritizing size and length. Look at their roster construction. You and I can sit here and say, well, what do you need to do to build around Zion Williamson? You need shooting, you need these things. That's true, but they're also in asset accumulation mode. They are in uh, a situation where they're trying to add more athleticism um, and, and that's just based on their moves. Just look at what David Griffin has done so far. Um, and so the two names that are connected most with the Warriors are J.J. Redick and Lonzo Ball. Uh, I want to talk about Redick first because I think a lot of Warriors fans would circle Redick and be like, yeah, that's the dude. Three-point shooter, spaces the floor, uh, can make threes in a way that Kelly Oubre does not, and that has been so glaring of a weakness of Oubre's game and, and that, that Warriors starting lineup. I'm, I would not trade for J.J. Redick if I were the Warriors. Uh, not, I, he would not be my first pick. Let me put it that way. Uh, look, he's, he's older. Defensively, there's just not a lot there. He's a decent ball handler and stuff like that. I think he could help this team. But if the Warriors really want to be a top 10 defensive team, J.J. Redick's not getting you there. And so I would look at Lonzo Ball. And he's been having a disappointing year for the Pelicans. He had a breakout year from three-point range last season, hasn't been making threes this season, very much the same way as, uh, as Kelly Oubre, but also pro- provides some upside defensively, like Kelly Oubre does. Uh, so they're both on similar points in their developmental curve, right? And uh, the difference is sort of the ceiling, right? What is Kelly Oubre, ultimately? He's an athletic wing kind of plays an auxiliary role on offense, slashing and kicking and, and, and those sort of things, where Alonzo Ball is a guy who can really run an offense, right? He's uh, a transcendent passer, great court vision, all of these things. And so uh, I think that that would be a better fit for the Warriors. Uh, Leon, Lonzo would be a great to run the second unit for us. That's exactly true. You get him right now. He can run your second unit offense. You can take a little bit off of Brad Wanamaker's plate, who is serviceable. He's fine, reliable, solid, but not spectacular. And um, and and then, you know, going forward, maybe he could be a Sean Livingston type for you. Maybe he could be an Andre Iguodala type for you because you trust Lonzo to run offense in a way that you don't trust Kelly Oubre to run offense. And then, of course, with either of them, you're hoping that eventually that three-point shot comes around. I would bet on Lonzo's three-point shot coming around. Why not? Guy's young. He's never going to be J.J. Redick from three-point range, but why not? 
Uh, other names out there, Eric Bledsoe, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really go in that direction. But um, as far as the machinations of the trade, you know, Kelly Oubre expiring contract, Alonzo Ball expiring contract. It doesn't really look like either of them are going back to their current teams. So why, maybe that would be, I guess, the logic of, of a swap, right? And um, I, I still don't know if it's really – I don't think it's going to happen. It sounds like there were just, you know, peripheral conversations that, that kind of, you know, you explore and fall through. And this kind of stuff happens all the time in NBA front offices, right? You, you have an exploratory conversation, and that's it. And, and that's part of, you know, Bob Myers and all these other general managers, part of their job is to have those exploratory conversations. So it was interesting to me that Shams basically reported that it happened and that nothing was going to come of it. Uh, but it would be something I would press if I were the Warriors. I think Lonzo Ball would be a really good fit for this team. Uh, I think fans clamor for more spacing and more shooting all the time, but you look at the way the Warriors have constructed this roster, uh, not just this year, but over the years around Steph Curry, it's length and defensive versatility and ball handling all around Steph Curry. Lonzo Ball is those things, and and the Warriors liked uh, uh, LaMelo Ball in the draft. They had him as one of their top three guys. You know, it was Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, and LaMelo Ball. Those were the, those are the top three guys on most mock drafts. And those were the top three guys for the Warriors. They're not anti ball family. Right. And so if they were intrigued with LaMelo ball, it stands to reason that they would be intrigued with Lonzo Ball's skill set. So I don't know what they would have to give up. It, it strikes me as it would, it couldn't just be Ubre for Lonzo Ball. It couldn't. It couldn't. And by the way, if you want to chat, just request to speak here on the locker room app. We could talk. But it does not – you would have to give up something else. You would probably have to give up a future pick of some kind. Um, the, the first round pick that you owe Oklahoma City is top 20 protected in that Ubre trade. You could potentially – uh, kind of, you could trade that pick with reverse protections. You know, if it, if it falls outside of those Oklahoma City protections and instead it goes to New Orleans. Um, the problem with that is you need to have to have an, a second pick that, um, you know, could convey in, in the case that it doesn't go to New Orleans. But you could kind of cobble together those assets, I would imagine. Um, you can always throw in, you know, a Jordan Poole or an Alan Smiley Geach, or if you want to try to do something like that, I don't know if New Orleans would necessarily be interested in that. But I thought it was a useful thought experiment anyway. Kelly Oubre, though, can the Warriors realistically trade him? Um, I don't know at this point what the move would be. And look, I think Kelly Oubre is still a net positive on this team. He, he helps what they do defensively. There's an energy about him. Um, the advanced stats are okay. I think his, I think how good he is defensively is a bit overstated. He had a really nice game against LeBron James, but there have been other games where he hasn't been as good. He's getting better as the season goes on, but he's not by any stretch a shutdown defender. We're not talking about Clay Thompson or Andre Iguodala here on defense. He's just a solid, long, athletic wing defender who, you know, is better to throw out those guys than say a Damian Lee or a Michael Mulder, who other, you know, who fans have been saying you should start one of those guys instead of Oubre. No, the Warriors, give them credit. Uh, the mission statement all along has been to, you know, build a top 10 defense. And every move they've made, for the most part, has been in the interest of trying to build a top 10 defense. Uh, but, you know, Ubre still 
I think he's a good player. I, but I also don't think he's a great fit for the Warriors. And both of those things can be true at the same time, right? Kelly Oubre is better on offense than he has been for the Warriors. Look at his stats over the last years. You look at what he's done in Phoenix and Washington. He's just had moments of being able to create his own shot and do these things. But for whatever reason, the Steve Kerr system, the ball movement system, the way that it is that Steph Curry runs around the three-point arc and, and you know, um, is always in a different place at a different time, it kind of has thrown Oubre off of his rhythm. And he's had a hard time with it. And so I think it's pretty clear, kind of just how like last year with D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo Russell is a good player. I don't think anybody is debating that. But it just wasn't a basketball fit. And I think it's safe to say that Kelly Oubre, at least so far through 17 games, has not been a basketball fit for the Warriors. And so if Bob Myers is calling around the league, he's just doing his job. That's part of his job. It doesn't mean that they're shopping Oubre. It doesn't mean it. It just means he's doing his job. Now, if this continues and Kelly Oubre still can't really get comfortable, and like I said, it's not like you're willing to live with that stuff because he's a, a elite defender, uh, defensive player. He's above average. Then maybe by the trade deadline in March, you start real, really shopping him a little bit more aggressively. And if that's the case, um, then you re- you really got to hope that he starts playing better. Maybe he, you know, the stats get improved. And you can pad his stats as part of this new second unit that he's a part of. Um, that would be, I guess, the best case scenario for them. But look, I wouldn't rule out a Kelly Oubre trade. I actually predicted before the season, before we ever saw Kelly Oubre play on the court, I thought one of Wiggins or Oubre was going to get moved this year. That was just a bold prediction column that I wrote for Mercury News. But um, given how Andrew Wiggins has played, I don't think they have any interest in moving on from him. He's still making $28 million a year. I don't think that other teams would be willing to trade for Wiggins as good as he's been playing just because of that contract. I think there might be a belief around the NBA, like, oh, great, Wiggins, that's, that's really cool what he's doing for you, Golden State, but I don't, we don't think we could get that sort of performance out of him. Especially after 17 games, it's, it's still a small sample size, as impressive as it's been, and I, I think, it, I think it, it's sustainable. I think this is sort of the Andrew Wiggins we'll see for the most part for the rest of the season, but um, just because he's playing in a, a better role than he was playing in Minnesota. But he is very much part of the Warriors' long-term core, I would say, at this point. You've got Steph, Clay Thompson, obviously, coming back next year, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, James Wiseman. That's kind of your group. Eric Paschal, you could throw him into uh, some of the long-term plans there off the bench. Kevon Looney is under contract for another year after this one. And I think if you're the Warriors, you know, a, a Kelly Oubre trade is a minor shakeup, right? You don't really expect him to be back next year anyway. Uh, and by the way, another point on that, you traded a top 20 protected pick for Kelly Oubre. To let him walk away for nothing wouldn't be ideal. Would not be ideal. And given, if he keeps playing this way, I don't think the Warriors are going to want to pay him to bring him back. And if he dramatically improves, they might not be able to afford him to bring him back. So it's going to be tough for them to bring him back either way. So maybe you can move him for somebody maybe on a longer-term contract or maybe a better basketball fit or something like that. But anyway, right now the Warriors, they, this is the core. This is the core. Minus Clay Thompson, he's not playing, but once he comes back, this is the core. James Wiseman will continue to develop. Andrew Wiggins will con- uh, continue to you know 
learn this role and, and hopefully for them thrive in that role. And next year, maybe that is the point where you can consider a major type of trade. Warriors fans want to make the, the all-star trade right now. Make the all-star. Where's Giannis? Where's Bradley? Make the all-star trade right now. James Harden, maybe. No, they're not in that mood. They're not in that mode just yet. Patience. Next, they already have, they already understand they're not winning the championship this year. So you kick the can down the road. See what Clay Thompson looks like when he gets back. Keep monitoring James Wiseman's development. Try to make the playoffs this year. No doubt you want to, you have to make the playoffs this year. You can't not make the playoffs this year. That's not an option. You have to make it. You have to get those players to develop. You have to have some proof of concept if you're the Warriors that this is heading in the right direction. But next year, if Clay Thompson looks the way he did in 2019, then you've got a title chance. But if he doesn't, after two major lower body, body injuries and two years older than he was, if he doesn't look like that, then you have to have a real adult conversation about what it is that you want to do with this roster. So I uh, just wanted to hop on here for a little bit, discuss the Warriors-Pelicans rumors. I don't think anything is going to happen, but I thought it was a worthwhile thought exercise to kind of consider where it is that the Warriors are. We do have a speaker request here. Howard. Come on in. What's up, man? What up, Wes? I appreciate this room. This is helpful. I just want to clarify. So what do you think is the future of Clay in like two words, two sentences? Uh, questionable, but encouraging. I would say that, you know, Clay Thompson, okay. he's always going to have that three-point shot, right? That he's going to space the floor just on reputation alone, by the way. When Clay Thompson is on the floor, he's going to demand attention from the defense, uh, my right. only concern with Clay is what can he be that lockdown defender? And that's what to me was so important about the Andrew Wiggins acquisition is I think back then when, when they made the trade last February, right? I, I think it was inarguable that, every, that D'Angelo Russell was the better player in a vacuum than Andrew Wiggins. I don't yes. think anybody was debating that. But Andrew Wiggins, you know, everybody would say it was the basketball fit. The other part of it, too, is that Andrew Wiggins can guard those same positions that Clay Thompson guarded. So, and this is obviously before we knew that Clay Thompson would miss a second straight season, right, with a, with an injury. But coming off of that initial Achilles tear, uh, or I'm sorry, the, the ACL tear, um, it, it was questionable about what it is that he would look like defensively. And so Andrew Wiggins, to me, was a little bit of insurance defensively um, on that front. And so I think that'll still be the case. And it's why I say Wiggins has a long-term future, or at least a short-term long-term future, a middle-term future with the Warriors, right. because he's... He's that insurance, so that would be my main concern with Clay. You don't think the they're going to? You don't think they're going to try to move off of him given the injuries and stuff like that? I think they're going to want to see what he looks like first, and uh, I. Either way, they would have a really hard time moving off of Clay. Like I, that's a that is a that's a thirty million dollar contract. I don't know who it is in the NBA that's taking that onto their books, even given Clay Thompson's you know resume. I, I just. I don't see another team that would want to take that. And if, if another team does take it, I shudder to think what it is that the Warriors would be having to take back, right? And so it, does, it, it makes more sense for them to just hang on to Clay, as weird as it sounds. Because you're, you're not getting a, a great package back. You're not getting a Drew Holiday package back for Clay Thompson at this point. There's just too many question marks. Dubs for life. He's a dub for, for life. life. <laughs> Thank you, Harry. Cool. Thanks for, thanks for answering my question. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but that it, it goes back to what we're talking about here is 
The Warriors are bullish on their own future, but there are major variables. Uh, the main one being Clay Thompson. The other one being Draymond Gray- Green's development, his age as he gets older. Can James Wiseman progress uh, quickly enough or at the right pace to sort of offset, you know, the waning athleticism from Draymond Green? That was that was the other bet that they made in drafting James Wiseman. So this team has several bets in the middle of the table. They, by the way, have this 2021 pick potentially from Minnesota that is top three protected. That is another source of insurance for this team. Uh, Right now, the Timberwolves have the second worst record in the NBA. That's a 40.1% chance. If the lottery were right now, 41, 40.1% chance that they earn a top three pick. If that is the case, they keep the pick. But that's also almost a 60% chance that the Warriors get the pick. Right now, if you're the second worst team in the league, you're locked into, I believe, it's a top six pick in the draft. You can't fall below six. I believe that's how the new protections work. So, um, you know, that that bodes well for the Warriors. It's the absolute worst case scenario for the Timberwolves, by the way. But uh, that is that is uh, promising if you're the Warriors and what is going to be a loaded draft. You can draft a guy like, um, Jalen Suggs out of Gonzaga, potentially, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, maybe a Jalen Green falls to you at four or five or six or something like that. Um, Scotty Barnes out of Florida State looks to me like a Warriors type player. Uh, these are guys who you could pick up and, and fortify that, that the depth of this team and bring in insurance in case Clay Thompson isn't what it is that you thought he would be. And if he's not, well, now you have an albatross of a contract on your books and, there's not much you can do anyway at that point unless, you know, uh, other than just hope that these guys on rookie scale contracts outperform their deals the way that guys like Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and Steph Curry did earlier in their careers. That's what you would be betting on. 